Hello, Kevin. Awesome. You guys are nerds. Damn right. Oh, Kevin, you're so witty. I would stab someone in the face. Oh, that's gross. I'm cutting this, by the way. Bad Philosophy, episode 123, recorded on June 13th, 2012. Gray. Welcome in one to Bad Philosophy, episode 123. Uh, we are back upsetting the balance of reality one rabbit trail at a time. I'm here with Kevin Saunders once again. Hi. 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 So, yeah, we, we tried to get a couple of guests for this show, just didn't come through. Didn't work. Last minute. Didn't work. It, it, you know, but... I think you'll accept us. Yeah, we, we, we tend to put on, a, put on a good performance. We try. We, we try. We try. Your mom enjoys our performances i so. think so and you know honestly that's enough for me think, good you know as long it, I, <laughs> I i will go on the record as saying as long as we have more than one listener or at least one listener i'm pretty sure we'll always have at least one regular we'll, listener we'll always have at least one um matt epperson shout out yeah yeah I still need to answer it. Did you get his most recent email? Um, not yet. I, okay. I honestly, actually, Matt, I'm absolutely terrible at responding I'm to emails. I'm so sorry. I have not actually been <laughs> even reading the emails because I get just so much email these days. And uh, it's on my list. It really is on my list that I'm going to make time for. I, I responded. Did you see that? Yes. Okay. And I haven't even read your response. Yeah, I was so, <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, numero uno fanboy, Matt Epperson. Shout out. taking it from... He's taking it from Jed. 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 Jed's still out there. If you're listening, Jed... You got some work to do. You've got, yeah, you really need to, <laughs> yeah. Step it up. So, anyways, um, some of y'all may recall that a few weeks ago, I forget which episode it was. It was but after Synecdoche, New York. It was after we did that one. Yeah, um, somebody said, "Hey, you've seen Synecdoche? Have y'all seen The Sunset Limited with Tommy Lee Jones and Samuel L. Jackson?" Which uh, are you reading? You got the Wikipedia article up on it? No, or? I'm playing solitaire. Oh. <laughs> Okay. I can put All the right. Wikipedia article is incredibly sparse. I'll be honest with you. Really? Yeah. Really? Well, um, it's based. It's a movie at HBO produced, uh, starring Tommy Lee Jones and Samuel L. Jackson only. Um, directed by Tommy Lee Jones. Directed by Tommy Lee Jones. Skeleton Crew, um, based on uh, stage performance. Right. Well, based on a play Broadway? by Cormac McCarthy. It was yeah. Broadway the, play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it went to New York. I don't know if it was ever actually on Broadway. Off Broadway. Kermit uh, McCarthy. Tell us a little bit about him, Kevin. Uh, he's an author famous for writing really depressing books. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and let's just, you know, spoiler alert, it's a really depressing movie in a way. Although not necessarily for the reasons he meant it to be. Um, oh, okay. But, All I mean, right. I'd did, like to hear wrote, what you mean by that. He wrote The Road, No Country for Old Men. Mm. Which um, I still need to see. Really? Yeah, I know. I need, we should have watched that instead. It's um, just one of those that I haven't gotten around to yet. All the Pretty host, Horses, um, Blood Meridian. Mm-hmm. Those are some of his older novels. Uh, yeah. All Pretty Horses, 92, mm-hmm. Blood Meridian, 85. Um, but he's known for for writing depressing literature. In what in what way? Like what, well, I mean... What are some themes, some some light motifs? I, having that... having not read any actual Cormac <laughs> McCarthy, only seeing adaptations of his work, mm-hmm. and although technically he did write the Sunset Limited that we just watched, so okay. I've now seen a, sense, a a film that he wrote. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, no no country. There is no real happiness. The Road is a post apocalyptic novel. 
That is incredibly oh, depressing. Oh, that's the one with, um, not Liam Neeson, but um, Aragorn, what's his name? Hugo, no. Hugo Weaving? No, Hugo Weaving was... I didn't see The Road, so I don't um, know. Viggo Mortensen. Mr. Andrews. Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, Viggo Mortensen, yeah. 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 Um, very depressing film about the world after the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And a guy and his kid. And, yeah. yeah um, I don't know Pretty Horses or earlier stuff. Hmm. Um, Sunset Limited, which is a very depressing film based about... So, a guy who wants to kill himself. Yeah, well, we'll talk about... Let's let's jump into the premise here. I'm not really sure why whoever recommended it to us recommended it. I mean, in in, in this, a slightly similar way to Synecdoche, it, it, it wants to talk about the big issues. You know, the, yes. The whys, the whys and the wherefores of and life, I'd right? Be, I'd, be argue, I'd see the argument being made that Sense of Limit is a film about death. Just, it is. Just as Synecdoche, Synecdoche is, also is a about film death. about death. But Sunset Limited... Is ironically limited. It, it scope is much less ambitious than Synecdoche. I don't know about that. I would say it's it's or an least, ambitious scope. Okay, scope is ambitious. Execution, uh, execution, not so much. yeah, not not as ambitious because uh, it's you know opening. I mean, it opens with basically the only set. Yeah, mm-hmm. It is the only set. Yeah, single set apartment complex somewhere in the. Bad you know, part of bad a part town. of New York. <laughs> Probably New York. I guess it's he New says York. New York. Does and, he? Yeah, okay. the worst part of New York. Um, uh, Tommy Lee Jones. You come to discover that Tommy Lee Jones's character, aka White, White. or yeah. the Professor, and don't get don't get me started on the names because I think that adds problems to it. All so right, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get talk to through it. that in a second. Yes. Let me set up the rest of the. So, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, his character is White. He's a professor. That's all we know about him has been saved from a suicide attempt trying to jump in front of the Sunset Limited uh, train, train. Um, by <clears throat> Black, Black, uh, who appears to be some sort of worker He's, at the station. He is a stereotypical African-American blue-collar worker, ex-con who found Jesus. Okay. All right. That's, yeah. And, and <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson plays him as such. Uh-huh. Um, did you mention the God-fearing part in there? I said he found, found Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Um, uh, and, and Tommy Lee Jones is, in a way, a stereotypical white intellectual. Yes, um, ivory um, tower intellectual. Yeah. So, so we have these two stereotypes in mm-hmm. a room together. Um, Tommy Lee Jones tries to leave several times and, and or, you know... He tries to leave a couple times. He tries he to leave. He says he a wants few to times. leave a few times, although and, a few times I think he doesn't. And finds but, a reason to stay every time. Yeah. Or I don't know, is given a reason, but mm-hmm. so so they they um they basically, you know, banter back and forth. They have this this interesting sparring match over mm-hmm. over God and over significance and over meaning and over truth and over uh, culture and um, Which sounds like it'd be a really interesting conversation. Yeah, well, and in, in a way, in, in a lot of ways, it is an interesting conversation, but not in, I don't know. So let's talk first about the black-white thing. So in in one sense, the characters are trying to, by the way, spoiler alert, watch the film, blah, 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 pause it here, come back, whatever. Yeah. Um, or don't, Mom. <laughs> yeah, or she, don't. She's admitted me. She, she just keeps listening. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she still fine. likes our discussions. Even it's though just she as relevant if you watch it afterward, I'm sure. Yeah. But we're going to reference the film, so maybe prepare yourself. You've seen it. Yeah. So the the whole black white thing. So uh-huh. let's talk about visually. All right. So he's mm-hmm. black is black, African American, yes. whatever. In his words, I probably should. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, he's he's black. Uh huh. Tommy Lee Jones is white. Yep. Their clothes are opposite. All right. So so black wears a gray or white lighter colors jumpsuit. Yeah. You know, work clothes. Um, Tommy Lee Jones wears a black coat, which he puts on at the beginning of the brown. film. Brown. Brown. It's, it's with a red. Um, it's a dark coat. I wouldn't yeah, say. It. I guess dark, it's black. Dark. Now black, that I'm looking dark. at it. Okay, I mean, fine. I'm looking at a picture of it, and it's I'm with black. you. It's black. Yeah. Oh, they must see a weird. Oh, it's not actually that weird. Mm-hmm. It was just someone rotoscoped it. Oh. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. It's actually really cool. Um, okay, so you know you've got you've got these two characters now. You know we can we can talk about their personality traits, but I think the stereotypes give a pretty good start to that. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones is is wordy. I mean, he did, he has to define terms that he uses mm-hmm. several times throughout the conversation. Um, Black uh, has a Bible that is on the table the entire time. Yeah, it's, it's um, ever present. It's ever present, uh, referenced many times, but never actually quoted. Which I don't know if that's deliberate or not. Um, if it's deliberate, it's a better move than I thought. Um, I, I think that's <laughs> deliberate, actually, because yeah, I mean there the there are a few stories referenced in in the the course of their dialogue. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk first about the the God debate. I mean, um, Black has he starts out with this with this very holier than thou, very very confident uh, Christian position, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tommy Lee Jones actually starts out from very very weak. Position, I think, intellectually. I mean, as a professor, I don't know what he's a professor of, but he's obviously never internalized the the arguments against the existence of God. Um, yeah. But they they sort of go back and forth on, um, you know, what what you might call the you know the crises of faith, you mm-hmm. know, the mm-hmm. the reasons for belief, right? And and it starts from sort of an epistemological like. Uh, have you seen Jesus? Have you mm-hmm. actually heard him? Type of a thing. These are the questions that, that yeah. White asks, and which is where you see that really that the, the stereotypical. I mean, and in this is both characters are very stereotypical for yeah. their respective field. The, which is, and I mean that that it, it's it's not the best way to go about that. I mean, if you if you go if you go that route, if you really do go look into philosophy of religion, mm-hmm. and arguments for and against the existence of God, the epistemological one. Is not the strongest, no. but it but it it's one that that I guess I explored most deeply with uh, with Dr. Webb and his mm-hmm. epistemolo- epistemology of religious experience, you know, um, which but but they still didn't really touch upon that, you know, the being sure of a voice coming from without, you know, being original in some way. I mean, they, they didn't really explore it deeply, but they didn't get into things like suffering, you know, the question of suffering. They did a little bit. Just not well. I mean, you know, they it. talked about you know he he mentioned that what is happiness without pain and yeah. Well, uh, but that's more of a that yeah, dichotomy. and that's that's one justification that that can be brought up for the existence of suffering. Um, well, that's the is, one that, that was brought up of, yeah. of the ones that exist. That's one that existed. But you can easily shoot that down. It's I, I mean uh, it's God. Well, so I, don't, I mean I think that that one. I'm not saying shooting it down, but the idea, I mean, that's that's a fundamental belief in a lot of things. I mean, you look at other th- things that create that binary, that mm-hmm. happiness is not the lack of suffering, but the opposite of. Um, right. and, and in the same way, suffering is not the lack of happiness, it is the opposite of. Mm-hmm. And so removing, you could remove one from the equation. You could have happiness without suffering. But that apparently, and according to the arguments, I think they're starting to come back to me now, mm-hmm. that would be the sort of like, 
uh, you know, Pleasantville, like Truman Show type of environment where everybody's Both two of my favorite just, films. Yeah, you know, sort of this, there's some, for some reason, we like to have a little bit of, of pepper on that. You know, yes. it's, it's like, <laughs> you, you can't have just this, there's some revulsion, and and you know we had that episode on like disgust, mm-hmm. and it's a mm-hmm. poor way to to make an argument, but you know <laughs> we do have this sort of like it's oh like, you know there would be something empty or yeah. um, you know fake about that sort of happiness without suffering type of a thing. You mm-hmm. know? Um, so you know that's one one route that they go with it, but they, so they sort of go back and forth on this, and it's clear that uh, Black is is arguing. He believes that the way to, to keep White from wanting to leave and kill, kill himself. himself is to bring him to God in some way, or mm-hmm. at least um, you know show him that there is well, I think goodness there. I don't, I don't you know. No, I think that because that's and, what saved him. Yeah, well, right? I think something it's even bigger than that is that there is is his argument that comes up later is that there is something that he wanted to take with him when he killed himself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. um, I thought was an interesting character analysis of go, saying go that, deeper into that, that yeah. it wasn't that he needed to kill himself because he'd given up on everything, but that he'd given up on all but one thing, and he was trying to get rid of that by killing himself. And we never hear what that is or what he thinks that is. Mm. Um, although Samuel Jackson's character certainly thinks there is something there, and I think there's evidence to that effect. We think like uh, emotional baggage or some, some sort of... I, I don't know. You know. Some That one last thing that it's he clear he wasn't to, very close to his parents. No, you know, but, I mean, or anybody. He wasn't, something close to, else he wasn't maybe, emotionally yeah. close to people. Hmm. Um, that was that was made fairly clear. You never asked me about the most horrible thing I'd ever did. That's, that's yeah, I mean, probably see, what I mean, see, I mean, there's there's this evidence yeah, of yeah. potentially something there that he wants, that he's... that he cares about. Mm-hmm. It's not... And, and the character maintains that he cares about nothing. Throughout the film, even in his big last final monologue, he's saying, I care about nothing. Right. He's just saying it very eloquently and with lots of words and emotion. And it's the only time that Tommy Lynn Jones got to act in the entire film. Yeah. The rest yeah. of the time he sat there in a coma, which is not not wrong for someone who is depressed. No. Suicidally and, and depressed. Very consistent, I think. But yeah, it's, it's definitely Samuel L. Jackson's <laughs> film. film for, for the most part. <laughs> as far and, as and acting quality. You know, let, let's talk a little bit about the the you know the stereotypes. I mean, it's it's. Um, I think they're hugely problematic. Um, uh, I'm sure if we looked at the at the TV tropes uh, page for this, you know, mystical black man would that's be on exactly there. That's <laughs> exactly what he. I, mean, I, let, I wonder if there's a, a TV tropes page for it. Oh, there's got to um, be. Yeah, there but needs to be. But pretty. That's what blatant. Samuel L. Jackson was. Yeah, yeah. What's this? You know, and and it, it makes you wonder, like. Which makes me think Cormac MacArthur is just being lazy. Is it that? I mean, you don't usually pick that stereotype nowadays unless you oh, yeah, being very people intentional do it all the time. about it. Really? People do it all the time. That's why there's still a huge TV tropes page for it. So I guess we're just, I don't know, progressive we're, is the right term, but we're more aware of that. You know? <laughs> we're pr- we're, we try to be, but yeah. you know, it's, I mean, I, I could pull up the, it's the, Magical Negro is the actual Magical page. Negro, yes. Um, you know, I'll, I'll pull up a live action TV. You just pick one at random. Right. Um, Rose on Lost. Uh, yeah. And Star Trek Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Totally. The, um, a that guy of examples, in the Green Mile. Yeah. Uh, Usutu in Volume 3 of Heroes, mm-hmm. um, a.k.a. who was called the Haitian. He didn't even have a name for a long time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Echo in Lost as well. Echo in yeah. Lost. Uh, pretty much every black Shepherd character. Book. On or, no, not Shepherd Book. Shepherd Book actually isn't. He seems like he is, but there's a lot more going on. And, yeah, yeah, he's actually he's. 
I, and, and I, I guess in the in the graphic novels, is his character fleshed out yeah. a little bit more? Yeah, he's okay. got a, it's, it's, I think it's called The Shepherd's Tale. It's a graphic novel. Okay. Him. It's actually really cool, um, and there's hints of it, but... Yeah. Okay, let's go to film. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just grabbing, picking ones at random. Okay. Morgan Freeman and all of his characters. Um, <laughs> wanted, Driving Miss Davy, Bruce Almighty, Shawshank Redemption, Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Let me Planet know. Earth. <laughs> yeah, lots of them. Yeah, um, yeah I'm gonna go. I, that's not what I hadn't thought of, but mm-hmm. um, Samuel L. Jackson's character in Unbreakable, and I won't say more. But oh. if you've seen Unbreakable, okay, you, I can see that. Um, mm-hmm. Holy Man, starring Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Um, Bagger Vance in The Legend of Bagger Vance. Yeah. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal in Kazam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but well, go to the go to the tropes page for um, Sunset Limited doesn't have a tropes page. It doesn't have a tropes. We should no. create. Can we do that? Can we create a tropes page? I'm for sure it? we can. Yeah, I, it's been a while since I've created a page. But Is there a, some master list of all the tropes? Not really. No, you just have to find other things. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's pretty obvious that that's. It was like, all right, we need this character. We need this type of character in there. But he doesn't. He doesn't do anything with it. The character is that character. He may change yeah. a little bit by the end, but he's not commenting on that character at all. Because what happens at the end is this weird turning of tables, and I, I w- I'm trying to remember where the shift really happens. It's when, like when. When Black runs out of words, mm-hmm. right? He he says that it's like I can't yeah. find the words, mm-hmm. and and it's it's this again. It's like this language game, uh-huh. this discovery process, and 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 Samuel L. Jackson tries many many different angles, and and pretty much everything that I think any respectable Christian would try, um, but when it comes down to it, it, it's just sort of White gets this. Conviction when he finally articulates passionately his his nihilistic yeah. existential I mean, position. It, nihilistic more than nihilistic. existential. Nihilistic, because yeah. existentialisms believe that you create meaning rather than yeah. There is nothing and mm-hmm. blackness. And Very nihilistic. Die yeah. and mm-hmm. I'm going to throw myself in front of the train the and, and everything's and, terrible and yeah. this is the way it is. It's not just my opinion, but the world is this black seeming pit of abyss and yeah. And hole in the world, and mm-hmm. you know all of that sort of fun stuff, which so, gets really annoying after a while. Well, and and what ends up happening is is it breaks, it it breaks black in a in a really strange way. I mean, he's been confident this whole mm-hmm. time, and then when when just when White comes out with this passionate monologue, he's you know. It just breaks down emotionally, and it, it, you know, the yeah, and in a not entirely convincing way. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I don't see this character. It, it, the shift was there so because easily. they needed to have something happen in the play or in the film. Yeah, there needed to be a dramatic climactic event that changed things, mm-hmm. and that's why it was there, rather than it be than it organically coming out of the conversation or mm. this, what had happened beforehand. That's just my not very humble opinion. Okay. But I think that's why it exists. So let's go meta then. Like structurally, mm-hmm. what uh, what were your thoughts on, on it as a play? Because um, it, it pretty much it is, is a play. film and, play. And that's, and that's yeah. what I'm, I'm looking at. Is I mean, you can, you can look at, you know, Jones' use of the camera, which he moved a lot in an attempt to add some dynamic 
anything to it. To, yeah. Um, and I think he did an okay job on it. That being said, I found it very boring. Mm-hmm. Um, would it work better on stage? Maybe. Um, because the, 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 the two-character play is not entirely new. Okay. The, what are the, some other good examples? Um, one I like is Tape. There's another one called Bug. Um, those are just a couple off the top of my mm-hmm. head. Bug takes entirely place in a hotel room with a guy who has PTSD and a woman he met at a bar. Mm. Um, tape is three characters in a hotel room um, who have relationship things. I don't want to tell, say more about it. Tape's a really <laughs> interesting film. With, okay. There's a film version with Ethan Hawke and um, Uma Thurman and okay. a, a third guy whose name I can't remember. Robert... Stuart Leonard, Robert Sean Leonard. Hmm? Robert Sean Leonard, I think is his name. Okay. Um, he has three names. Um, I mean, Waiting for Godot is a two-man play with four people in it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess I would understand if I'd seen it. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's lots of them that have existed in the world because they're easy to write. Uh-huh. You always know who has the next line. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that sort of that again, it's it's the going back to post structuralism. Mm-hmm. Post structuralism, it's the dichotomy. the binary, the yeah. binary, yeah. The you know, the I and thou. Yeah, it's I mean, the that, there's another dialogue. The I mean, platonic dialogue. I mean, that's the, that's what this was attempting to be, mm-hmm. and was unsuccessful in its attempt, in my not very humble opinion. And why? Why do you think so? Um, I didn't care about the people or what they were saying. Hmm. I, if I care about one of those, it can be interesting. And I, or if I cared about the situation, which I didn't, mm-hmm. um, or even if you look at you know, something like Godot, where there's n- intentionally nothing happening. Mm-hmm. If Sunset Limited had been a comedy making fun of... The fact that there was nothing happening? The fact that there was nothing happening. The yeah. fact that these two guys are arguing and spitting at each other and eventually yelling at each other and it doesn't do any good, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. That would have been much more effective in telling me that there's no meaning in the world <laughs> than just having White tell me that there's no meaning in the world. So, since <laughs> because he... And maybe I'm, I'm trying to find the silver lining in all uh-huh. this. Because he does that... Um, I guess I, I'm I'm in one sense looking for a message or an intention, but author's dead, right? So yeah, I, th- I still think it would be interesting to no, consider. No, I mean that doesn't what, mean you. Yeah, just because the author's dead doesn't mean you can't listen to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you think? If there was a message to this, what do you think? Uh, what's his name was trying to get across? McCarthy. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say because. I mean, if, if anything, the fact that White comes out on top lends... Literally. Literally. I mean, he, 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 he stands, Black remains sitting, and there's this moment And he where, leaves. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's, and he ultimately gets to leave. Yeah, White and, lets... Or Black lets him leave. Or something. Yeah. Um, and so with that, it's... I mean, that's... There is credence to be lent to his... Opinions. He he is the victor, and this is like battle. That's certainly the yeah. I mean, I was kind of surprised about that. I was like, all right, where are they going to flip it back around? Because uh-huh. you know, clearly, if there is a protagonist in this, it's black. Yes. In virtue of um, well, he, simply of he, him having more dialogue, he drives <laughs> the action. What little there is mm-hmm. of the film gets coffee. He cooks. Uh-huh. You know, he, um, yeah. 
reads he does that little fake newspaper he, bit. He you know. caught him when he jumped in front of the train. I mean that's yeah. the, I mean that's the inciting incident of this whole thing is mm-hmm. had he done nothing, it wouldn't happen. Right. He is the one creating the change. Mm-hmm. Um, and one could argue that it was his experience that potentially leads to a fall from faith. Um, you know, our last shot is of him rather than of White. Yeah. We don't see White after he leaves the apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas at the beginning of the play, when White was trying to leave, Black was right there behind him. He said, okay, I'll get my coat. I'll go with you. Where? It doesn't matter. I'm going with you. Yeah. And by the end, he's given up on that. Um, yes, I had, I had a play professor, um, Dr. Burt, who I greatly respect, who taught me that action is human change. If you're talking about the action of a film or the action of a play more specifically, it is the human change is the action statement of the play. Okay. And in this one, perhaps the action statement would be black faces, black is unable to, no, that's not a change. Black falls from faith. That's yeah, a, that's a beginning. I mean, I mean black, that's, black confronts the devil. He confronts darkness. Confronts isn't a, isn't a change. That's an act. That's this is the, this is the thing why it's tricky. Is there has to be something that is different from what was at the beginning. Okay. So he confronts. He, that can, he confronts, happen. and the result is defeat. Yes, he is defeated. Would be the of action. his of his ideas of his lifestyle of, of mm-hmm. almost everything that he is, and you know he he. His change is losing that, yeah, losing faith, losing confidence, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Losing that foundation that, mm-hmm. in a way, keeps him, as he keeps saying, keeps him on the platform. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, what? <laughs> what are what is any self-respecting person supposed to take away from that other than, oh, well, I guess McCarthy is justifying suicide. There's something there. Um, <laughs> it's not awesome, but there's something there. Yeah, um, and, uh, and I think and I think very weakly. So I mean, there there are many directions that they didn't go. Uh, one one area that I, th- I they just were skirting around the whole time was secular humanism, mm-hmm. and and in a way, some of the arguments that Black makes are very secular humanistic. Yeah, the well, idea I mean, of brotherhood and, he, and community. He himself admits to being a heretic, which I thought was the one interesting part of his character. Sure. A questioner, right? Um, um, that was not explored in any meaningful way. And And I think in a weak way, maybe that's foreshadowing, right? Of, of saying that he's already sort of admitted this to himself and is going this direction. And yeah, it could be. I don't love it, but yeah. it could be that is there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's a very... The film is very cynical toward faith. Yes. Yes. Um, very. I mean, it, and, it, <laughs> and it's because the arguments are, are so weak. And not in a particularly... In a very is cynical and confrontational. Yeah. And not in a happy way. Um, in a way that, I mean, it's almost saying without faith you should just kill yourself. But that there's nothing to have faith in, so go kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the first half of that, you're like, well, yeah. Maybe, okay, but then you go, uh oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure there's lots of people in the world who don't have faith in anything who aren't killing themselves because they have other things, but I don't know. Eh, that's, that's okay, yeah. so why why would. What, 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 what redeeming qualities can we pull out? Or let's, let's not say redeeming qualities because then. Whatever the good parts. Yeah. What, what, were, what were things that made this prominent or impactful or important enough for. Tommy Lee Jones and Samuel L. Jackson to act it for one, 
for HBO to produce it and publish it and for a significant enough, I guess, group of people to hold it up as some sort of shining example mm-hmm. of something, or worth make it say like this is worth your time. Sure. Um, Samuel L. Jackson can act. Sure. He uh, Tommy Jones can act. He certainly captured the stereotype. Yeah. Very I mean, well. and, and I mean, you know, it's it's unfortunate there's a large history of African American actors doing that and becoming very good at it. I mean, yeah. that, that's been around forever, um, and it's it's unfortunate that a lot of times they have to do that. I mean, the same thing happened in. Book of Mormon, which I was just thinking about recently. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm sure all of the black actors in that are fantastic. I mean, they're at being stereotypically black. I mean, but but and and <laughs> and it's unfortunate that those are sort of the roles that they're forced into. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that they're not good at it and mm-hmm. and good and good actors and, right. and attempting to bring life and wink at it. And I think Samuel casting Samuel L. Jackson may not have been intentionally a wink and a nudge at those sort of characters, but you know, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson plays. Uh, what's who's his character in hmm? Pulp Fiction? Uh, I forget, but but he's he's sort of famous for playing different kind of magical Negro in that but, movie. Yes, yeah. but he's sort of he's sort of famous for playing that type of role. Yeah, um, and so casting him in this, there's that undercurrent of of his history and that lar- larger text that I think maybe not even intentionally, but speaks against sort of the role that he's actually playing. Hmm. Um, I won't say that he was cast against type, but I will say that Samuel L. Jackson playing this role instead of Morgan Freeman is important. Okay. If Morgan Freeman had played it, what what sort of differences would have come about there? It would have been Driving Miss Daisy with a white guy. Uh, not familiar with I, it, I haven't so. seen it. I've never seen the film. But okay. I, mean, it's, I mean, Morgan Freeman, and, and I'm making some... I'm, I'm saying this in a way that isn't as terrible. <laughs> Morgan Freeman's often played very gentle roles. Yes. Samuel L. Jackson has often played very confrontational roles. Okay. Um, and so I think the character of Black could be a very gentle character. Mm-hmm. He, is char- he is a character of love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... But at the same time, some of his most passionate acting is when he describes the story of killing a guy. Well, and I think that's why Samuel L. Jackson works in this role, is yeah. because... Sam, he, he's, it wouldn't he's, be convincing if Morgan Freeman did that. No, yeah. um, because you have to believe that his past is that. Yeah. And then there's the question of whether or not that's a true story, or whether or not he was being facetious to right. White, mm-hmm. um, a word that gets tossed around a little bit. Um, yeah. And... and Part of me says, yeah, he went to jail for murder. Part of me says that other story isn't necessarily true. Yeah. Um, that he was he was doing that for a reason. Hmm. Um, and what that reason is, I'm not entirely sure, because I don't think the film was well written. Uh, um, yeah, see, see, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> we're, 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 again, sort of also skirting around this issue of it's not actually that great. Like, uh, it which was it, boring. It, it's part of what prompts my question of, like, why is... Why did this get such traction? And is it does it go back to this sort of uh, you know liberal white guilt sort of thing? Or I, I don't. Yes, yes, I think is the answer in a shallow way, I guess. And somebody <laughs> um, looked at it and went, "Oh, it's black and white, and it's racial issues, but it's trying to turn it on its head." And sure, yeah. And, well, and, and, and they have there's a, there's a moment of dialogue that I didn't and 100 percent realize until sort of towards the end of the play. But yeah. he says, you know. Everything's just black and white to you. And Samuel L. Jackson says yes. 
And, I mean, if there's a thesis line in the play, that might be it. Yeah. Because it's also a little bit meta, because everything in the play is black and white. Mm-hmm. And their characters both are... Both the characters are black both the and characters white. Both the characters are named black and white, yeah. but the characters themselves are black and white. Mm-hmm. And not, not in skin color, in their characterization. Yes, as well. They are very yeah. fixed points mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, with, without a lot of characterization and color. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It's, it's entirely possible that that was intentional and meant to be a commentary on that sort of thing. If that was the case, it is not in this film. Okay. Um, I could potentially see a play, a staged version of this, that accomplishes that. Really? Um, that accomplishes the, this commentary that I'm saying needs to be in it. Uh, let's go there. Let's, let's talk about um, how, you, how you would improve it. And, and we're going we're gonna, to... Play true dramaturg, and I'm not going to change the script. Do it. Um, Do it. <laughs> with the play, you have a few options. Okay. Uh, my first initial option, um, that is always my first initial choice when these sorts of binaries exist, is you flip the binary. Mm-hmm. You have black played by a white man and white played by a black man. Yeah. Right off the bat, you're going to change a lot of things, and I'm I'm saying keep all the language, keep all the um, racial epithets, all of the. You know, calling him a honky, all of that sort of really? stuff. Really, like, all of that. Keep that. that wow. I'm saying, keep the script. Okay. Um, but and, but actually, explicitly make the character yes. white. Make yeah. him a white character and make him a black character. Hmm. Um, and and that's that's just my initial gut instinct reaction because anytime okay. you have a binary, you got to flip it before you can explode it. All right. Um, and so that's that's a potential version of this play. All right. A further potential version of this play is again because. <laughs> The fact that the characters are named for their race is very important. Hmm. Because they're named for their race, not for their outlook. Right. White has a very dark outlook on the world. Mm-hmm. They say that. They say, you know, you live in a dark world. Yeah, and that's and the already one of the flips that, mm-hmm. that the play mm-hmm. does. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's sort of like their clothing is, is their actual position. Yes. Right. Um, but yeah. that is not their name. Right, and and we and that is and their name is white and black. Despite mm-hmm. the fact they may have other names that Cormac McCarthy inventions, he wrote down this character is called white, this character is called black. Mm-hmm. Had the film ended, and this is something I was I was waiting to see if what would happen. Had the film ended and it just said cast Tommy Lee Jones, Samuel mm. L. Jackson, I would have had a higher opinion of it. Mm. Okay, okay, because they would have skirted around the issue, the naming issue that is a huge issue in this play. Right. Um, because there are places to do that. There, there, there's films that do that. That howdy, howdy. Hey, this is Quinn. Nice to meet you, nice Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. Um, I mean, that where the cast has no names, you just list their names at the end of the credits. Yeah. And I mean, even if they, the characters have names, you know, I've seen films that do that. And that's sort of a let the audience decide thing, but it's also uh, it's both and neither. Yes. You know. Um, and very so, post structuralist. The play is not terribly post structuralist. No, the play is kind of freaking. Moderny, yeah, <laughs> um, and so that's freaking moderny. That's our title, um, okay. yeah, <laughs> freaking moderny. Um, but um, and so that's that's an, an initial gut reaction. If I were to dive into the text a little more, um, okay. and find, yeah, let's talk about some other find ones. things you laughed, and this is something I was noticing watching you. There were things mm-hmm. that you found funny. Oh, okay, yeah, um, that you you chuckled, you laughed out loud, and it wasn't yeah. always big, but it was sort of a little a, a verbal vocal response. Yeah. Um, and those are moments that I would want to find that comedy. I would, I would play it as a comedy. I would mm-hmm. play it as a comedy of manners. I would play it as 
Um, you know, these these moments where he's making coffee, he's making dinner. Um, yeah. There's something big. I mean, as it's written, you have a black guy serving the white guy dinner. Um, <laughs> that's there. Yeah, it, it is his house, so yeah, it's it's not like yeah, but it's his rat infested house rat infested. in the worst part of the neighborhood mm-hmm. where you can hear the. Uh, Junkies, the junkies arguing next door, next door. Yeah. Um, and he's okay with that mm-hmm. yeah because like, these are the people he needs to help yeah um, um, so I mean the, I would find those moments of comedy and play them up so the, I th- I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. the only one I can think of really is, is just those those moments where sort of the racism comes to the, and it's very self-aware about the the racial tension there Sometimes um, they have they have a debate over the N word. Yeah, know, and, and over yeah. Tommy Lee or uh, White being yeah. upset about him using that term. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it's what it was. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, <laughs> saying it like it is. And, um, Which is such a, uh, uh, a white tower argument to say, please stop using this word. That yeah, you culturally, that you please stop that using this word culturally. that you use to identify yourself. Right. <laughs> I'm going to take away this word that you have identified yourself with. And, and, it, and it, I, those were moments, and there were a few of them where I was just like, no self-respecting actual intellectual would do that. Mm-hmm. Would would want to. Well, and I think a lot of self-respecting Christians would find the character of Black offensive. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, in the, in that they're it's showing off what people think Christians are like, mm-hmm. and what people think intellectuals are like, and what atheists are like. Mm-hmm. And that's, have you read has, this has book? Oh, no, I've read some parts of it. No, actually, the best atheists and the best intellectuals have read all of, of the yeah, Bible. A lot, and are have, very a lot of them have read a lot of that stuff, and that's yeah, and yeah. that's and and so on on both sides of that, I think that's you. Know, if you're going to have these stereotypical characters, you have to play with them. Yeah, you have to. Make them in on the joke, mm-hmm. um, almost. So, what what would be some examples of doing that, though? Um, uh, the stuff you could do with Mister White, perhaps. Mister White, yeah. What are we in? in um, <laughs> Clue. <laughs> uh, either Clue or uh, Reservoir Dogs. Right. Um, both of which better films than this. Um, <laughs> We for should, different reasons. We should watch Reservoir Dogs next, yeah. yeah. I've been intending on that. In Have long. you seen it? No. no. Never it's, seen Reservoir it's, Dogs. It's Tarantino. There's not a lot more to it than okay. that. Okay. I mean, it, it is what it is. It's, it's not a bad film. It's a fun film. Okay. It's not deep. Mm. All right. <laughs> it's Tarantino. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I mean, how would I, how would I play the, the character of White? Um, again, early things of exaggeration. Hmm. Put him in a cap and gown. Um, you know... I don't know if you knew this, but back in the olden days of, say, the 50s, at official educational gatherings, professors yeah. would wear their robes. Oh. So let's say he's coming from one of those, and that's when he decides to off himself. Not even... So he's not, still no, wearing no, pff, screw realism. Okay. <laughs> I don't need a reason. <laughs> don't give me a reason. The, I mean, that's one of the tenets, I think, of the of the play as it is, is, is this realism. Yes. This... this uh, plausibility. This attempt at yeah. realism, yeah. Um, and, yeah. and and if you're very modernist, yeah, 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 I would say yeah. screw realism. Screw, right. <laughs> That's so, not the point. So we um, have them reversed racially. Potentially, we uh, have. I mean, and these, wearing... these are all ideas that you don't have to be used in combination. These, okay. these are potential things that, in in perhaps a rehearsal process, we would try and play hmm. with and and see how it works. see what we could do and see what works and what isn't. So I mean, it's it's one of those that 
Yeah, some of these ideas can be absolutely terrible. <laughs> All right, but that's um, another one. I think putting him in academic regalia would be a terrible idea, but I would try it to see what happens and to see what comes out of it. What would be the juxtaposition then? What would black wear? Um, like, I mean, and, you know, and full on and this preacher, is black preacher, something like that. Or, yeah. um, I'll put them both in robes. Yeah, that's a great way to go with yeah. it. Um, uh, have him play chess. Hmm. Um, More black and white. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and have him make fun of the fact that they're playing chess. Okay. I mean, I would I would make I would you know potentially the the apartment's a chessboard. Um, Ooh. Black and white checks all over the walls. <laughs> make it an eyesore. For some reason, I'm just remembering that uh, the one experiment in um, in slings and arrows where they they do the yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, but them, I mean, have them as chess pieces. Yes, and not necessarily really have them as chess pieces. <laughs> but when when Black scores a, a, a victory, you know, have him move a chess piece and, and make it something else. Um, yeah, I mean, these sorts of things of making the implicit explicit and making fun of it. Yeah. Parody is the postmodernist's best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, particularly in, in this sort of stuff where you, where you you're you're tied to a script, for example, right? Um, which I'm I'm going to do. We're pro- we're producing the Sunset Limited, yeah. Which means by law I am required have to, to say the same I have to say the words that yeah. Cormac McCarthy has written. I cannot cut anything. I cannot change anything. Mm-hmm. Which is not to say that people haven't cut things or added things or changed things well, I, well, in production. I'm curious if this. Was this probably wasn't the full length? I mean, it was probably. Much it probably long. was really. Yeah, ninety minutes. That's 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 about as long as you can do a play like this. Yeah, longer than that, you're gonna fall asleep. Right. It gets it gets <laughs> laborious. Yeah. I would okay. I I would trim it if it if anything. Yeah. I'd make it a one act in an hour and ten minutes. Hmm. Okay. Um. Anyways, so so, so okay, all right. I mean, so we have these are these chess, are just apartments of chess board. Apartments like, chess. Um. Yeah, <clears throat> I would. Yeah, I mean, you could have. Um, we'd see the junkies. I'd have the junkies. You'd on the have couch. other characters. I would have other presences potentially. Sort of Greek chorus style, or no? no? I just have a junkie shooting up on the couch the whole time. Hmm. And and perhaps over the course of the play, die. <laughs> now that that's an interesting direction to go. Um, and I'm just spitballing here, so I'm yeah. just making things up. That's something I would I would at least broach as a subject. Now you have something like that you'd have to do real early in because you have to or cast appear to die, in. and then get up and leave at the end. I don't know. Um, maybe. Yeah. I mean, so again, this is all play. It's it's right. you have to you have to paradise it. Um, you, you know, know I, the 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 um, uh, multifaceted nature of the word didn't strike me until just then. Play. Play. Oh, oh yeah, no, I, I use play very intentionally. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. As did Derrida. Derrida's use of play yeah, is fun. Um, yeah. But there's a play of meanings back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, actually, the Pun best. Intended. Yeah, the best yeah. horror film pre 2000 was Scream. Hmm. In my not very humble opinion. I've said that a lot this evening. Yeah. Post, it is Cabin in the Woods. Probably, yeah. Um, but Scream manages to parody itself hmm. and parody the tropes it is using, and simply by addressing them, the fact that you have Jamie Kennedy get up at the beginning of the movie and say, "These are the three rules of a horror movie." Black and guy then, dies first. Uh, uh, that's actually not one of them. He oh, mentions. really? Um, yeah. He mentions. Oh no, that's in the, in science movies. Or, yeah. Or well, it's, yeah, the zombie movies stuff like that. But yeah. although it is also true in slasher films and every film, yeah. the black guy dies first. Yeah. Um, 
that's a problem. But that's <laughs> another part of the same problem we're talking about, but sure. for a different day. Um, I think the three movies are um, Never Have Sex or Do Drugs, um, Never Say I'll Be Right Back. Mm-hmm. Never Split Up? Um, maybe. It doesn't list the rules. Yeah. Uh, the Wikipedia page does. I've actually never seen Scream either. Really? Yeah. yeah I know. Yeah. It's again, I'm I'm getting there. We're I just most recently there's a little bit of a rabbit mm-hmm. trail. Um saw Prometheus on Friday. And uh and then yeah. the next day with What Brian, did you think? Well, okay. And so saw that having never seen any of the alien movies. Mm-hmm. Um knowing about them and knowing many sure, of the sure. important scenes and lines and whatever else. But never having actually seen any of the Alien movies. Um, so watch Prometheus, which is ostensibly in one way a prequel to in, the Alien. It's a prequel. It's, it happens it's to the Alien to the It is a prequel. And then seeing <laughs> Alien, I was like, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, very much a prequel. Uh-huh. Um, I've not seen the film. I've just read stuff about it. But... Right. Well, and... <laughs> I mean, it's worth seeing, I guess, but you can get a lot of the you can get a lot of the the reasons why why people would not enjoy it from the reviews, mm-hmm. um, and you can sort of fill in the blanks that way. And and it, and it is. I mean, a friend of mine afterward was like, "That was horrible," and and I and it sort of it surprised me in a way because that I don't have gut reactions to movies yeah. very often. I'm sort of I'm always trying to look at it like, well, what parts of it were mm-hmm. enjoyable and not. And, um, and I certainly think the spectacle of it was fantastic. The, you know, clearly, I believe that they gave the top science fiction designers uh, reign to, to really make something <laughs> yeah. incredible with all the modern technology. And cool, cool. But so was then, Avatar. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was not. I don't know. It was not as self-awarely high budget as Avatar was. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, we're really beating you over the head with this. We spent a lot of money on this, and we're going to make a lot of money with it. Um, yeah, it, mm. but it's it, similar to Avatar, though the plot just didn't make up for it. Mm-hmm. It's it just, but what what really what really upset me about Prometheus is uh, a lot of the same things that upset me about Sunshine. And I'll read this after I finish yeah. my thought. Um, Sunshine is a sci-fi film that that could have been amazing. Mm-hmm. And it was a great premise that was. I've just not seen it, but I'm, I'm poorly familiar. finished. Yeah. yeah, just incredibly. They they were like, we really don't know how to end this, and we have to start filming, and <laughs> that happens. Here we are. Yeah, and here we are, and and the beginning the first first act is is incredible. First so and heard. second act, yeah. I think. Uh, and then it turns. And then it just tur- and it does a very similar thing to Prometheus, but with a lot less. With a lot smaller budget, I mean, you could have you could have spent a lot less money to make this mistake. You could have not had Ridley Scott on board to make this mistake. You could have not dragged Charlize Theron and Numi Rapace, who are mm-hmm. both wasted in the film, into this to make this mistake. Um, I am happy that Michael Fassbender got to be who he was in the yes. film, though, and I think it will. It, he he's the only person who got any sort of a benefit out of it. <laughs> uh, the 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 first the scenes with him are all well. I won't say the scenes themselves, but anytime he's talking or doing anything, I was engaged and attentive and enjoying cool. the film. So <laughs> clearly, Michael Fassbender is going to come out of this and be like, I don't know about you guys, but it's all right for me. Yeah, it's all right for me. He's going to get some good roles out of it. Um, but. 
Oh, other than that, it, it really just yeah, it was it was disappointing, and it's it's going to be highly riffable. I, I can't wait for the riff <laughs> tracks on Prometheus. I think it's it's going to be fantastic, mm. and uh, that's that. Yeah. Yeah, this is so. this is a comic Penny Arcade did. Um, um, should I read this out loud? If you'd like. Okay. The, the last panel is going to be really hard to read. Uh, so Tycho says, uh, assuming for some inexplicable reason that you still want to see Prometheus, you should understand that this comic contains spoilers. Gabe says, mild spoilers. You know, making a little gesture. Yeah. Uh, ordin- uh, Tycho again. Ordinarily, we wouldn't do it, but we think it communicates vital safety information that might really come in handy in an incredibly specific extraterrestrial scenario. So, spoilers. Well, spoiler. Over there. And it, it basically <laughs> it basically shows a giant circular object moving in a certain direction and shows you that you do not run in the same direction that the giant circular object is moving. You run parallel to it and then perpendicular. you're... Perpendicular. Perpendicular to it. <laughs> and then you're fine. Yeah. You really, I mean... I've not seen... Prometheus, but the fact that this needs to be said yeah. about the movie makes me want to not see it. <laughs> One, and, and it was, it, I did not realize it fully, fully until just now. But you know, the, the trailers for Prometheus were problematic. Um, <laughs> the 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 fact that they had to introduce it with a trailer that was nothing but jump cuts and like little like one or two frame. Portions of the film mm-hmm. is like, all right, so you don't really want to show us what's going on in the teaser, but I guess teasers are like that anyways. But whatever. But even from the teaser, one of the shots was that was the <laughs> ship comes down and is rolling along the ground, and they're running parallel to it, and I'm like, <sighs> serpentine, serpentine. I know. I'm, like, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, if if that's in there, and if they're okay showing that. What parts of it exist and are even <laughs> that worse they don't want to show <laughs> that they don't feel were were good enough to show there, and that the fact that this is what they're proud of, and I'm like, oh boy, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is going to disappoint a lot of people. And so I went into it with very low expectations, and I was not disappointed because of that. <laughs> um, I had I had no baggage from having not seen the the yeah, movies yeah. and. And, uh, you know, I had minimal Ridley Scott baggage, I mm-hmm. guess, but I didn't particularly enjoy Blade Runner, so I was like, well, Ridley Scott, eh, whatever. Which Blade Runner did you see? Uh, I don't even know. I'm just know. curious. I, I downloaded... I guess, important questions to ask. Was there narration? Uh, I don't believe so. Then it was probably at least one of the director's cuts. Yes. Was Deckard a replicant? I don't know if it was resolved or not in this one. Okay. Yeah. I, that, I, those, those are your... Those are two of the defining qualities to determine. In the original, which some consider the best, mm-hmm. um, there is narration okay. from Decker. Deckard. Yeah. And it is completely unclear whether or not Deckard is a replicant. Right, which I think is important. Um, Ridley Scott, in the later direction, in his later director's cuts, with like, no, no, the narration no, and, yeah. and said, no, he's a replicant. Yeah. Problem solved. I know mm-hmm. the answer, guys. It's okay. <laughs> well, and, and maybe this underscores just many of the problems. And, and, you know, while we're on the subject, I guess we'll just rabbit trail on this. You know, uh-huh. the, the whole religion thing is a, is a common theme, if you can find any, between Sunset Limited and, and Prometheus. Sure. In Prometheus, it's, it's treated even more immaturely, if you can believe that. <laughs> um, That's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, in, in that the, the main character, you know, says, and I'll... I don't think this is any of the trailers, but spoiler alert, whatever. Don't don't watch it. Um, <laughs> don't watch the film. Her 
father did like aid work in Africa or something. And so you see a flashback of her seeing a funeral and asking about death and religion, okay. and that comes up. And, and the line that her father uses um, to justify why he believes that her mother is in some bitter place is, well, it's what I choose to believe. You know, she basically does the, well, how do you know? And he's like, well, it's what I choose to believe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, ooh, solemn, whatever. And she says that again after this, like, scientific briefing about why they're even at this planet in the first place, after having seen, like, the same symbol in a bunch of caves on Earth or whatever mm -hmm. and pointed them to this star system. And, and, and one of the about. scientists brings up and he's like, so do you have any empirical anything to justify why we're... Why you mm -hmm. believe that these are like the architects of civilization or whatever? Mm -hmm. And she's like, "No, it's what I choose to believe." And I mean, as a scientist saying this, yeah. you know, I'm like, "What? No! Like, that's not. No one would. What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and ironically, the scientist who brought up that problem is actually one of the most unempirical idiotic characters <laughs> in the film and the first one to die. So... Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so Black Guy didn't die first in the film, which, which was at yeah. least one redeeming quality of yeah. it, I guess. But it's just, you know... So we're on TV tropes. For Prometheus? I was going to go Black Dude Dies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and just see that for, for everything? I'm just... Black Dude Dies first is the trope. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's so many <laughs> highlights. I mean, there's the, the primary examples, and there's whereas it's lampshaded or parodied. But mm -hmm. Phil, I'm just going to read a list of names. Okay. Heat, Red, Aliens, Mindhunter, Island, Monster Squad, Halloween Resurrection, Full Metal Jacket, Gremlins, Enter the Dragon, Night of the Dragon, Stargate, United ninety three, um, and a couple of Star Trek films: uh, Resident Evil, Doctor Giggles, Virus, The Edge, The Crow, Queen of the Damned, Alien Nation, Three Thousand Miles of Graceland, Killer Shrews. Red Dawn, Assignment Outer Space, Hulk, Stephen King's The Langoliers, Hollow Man, Scream 2, American Psycho, Deep Blue Ooh, Sea, Fantastic true. Four, Wing Commander, yeah. Stealth, uh, Kingdom of the Spiders, Frankenfish, Night of the Living Dead. Mm. Actually, that's not true. Sorry, that's Inverted. Mm. Um, inverted Night of the Living Dead, because that's an important film for the fact that the black guy survives all the way through to the end. And then is shot by a group of zombie hunters. Uh, it's a statement. Oh, um, nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Huh. What else we got? Uh, ticks, uh, Christine, New oh, Year's uh, Evil, Spider Baby. Please, please look up the TV tropes thing for uh, for Prometheus. Okay. Actually, yeah, because it there's there's a lot. I mean, there's uh -huh. yeah, but I don't know. I I'm, and I'm I I'm will not. I don't want to say that I hate the film because I I really you say didn't. It's bad. It was it was. A mediocre film, yeah. like with a big budget, and and a lot of people are disappointed because of, of just how hyped it was, and it's going to go down in history as a classically overhyped movie. Um, to be fair, I never had a lot of hype for it. Well, and my, my one disappointment from it is mm -hmm. that it's going to be used as an example of like, well, sci-fi doesn't sell, and I I I really loathe anyone. Who ends up making that argument? Because it is not that sci-fi doesn't sell. Bad stories, bad movies don't. You know, sell. movie is one of the best performing movies of all time. Mm. Star Wars, E.T., The Avengers, Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sci-fi films, sci-fi films, Avatar, Avatar, Avatar. Like, all right. So, 
But I, I mean, hard sci-fi, and this one mm. was not hard sci-fi. It almost was. You, some of the setups. Were well, like, I mean, this the is Alien. Be... Alien was a pretty hard sci-fi <laughs> film. Mm. The original Alien was pretty hard. Oh yeah, and this, this was, it could have done that. Yeah. But then it just decided to be a generic action and movie. Yeah. Is there and, something particular you're looking for in this? I mean, I've got it. Uh, there's a lot. Yeah. I mean. I mean, I'm just, I'm just scanning them. I mean, there's anything there's, that jumps out at you. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> anything that jumps out of your chest, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let me see if any pop up that just are in, that look interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, POV cam. Yeah, I mean, which is also an alien. One scene wonder. Um, oh. The thing that shows up in the last few minutes of the film, apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Kill it with fire. Yeah. Laser guided karma. That one needs more explanation, so I'm gonna skip it. <laughs> um, the idiot ball has a rather large list of tropes. Oh yeah, yeah. Such as yes, go ahead and pet the strangers and yes! kill their thing. Yes, yes. I, I mean that that was. I think that was the scene in the movie where, and there were there were certainly certainly moments beforehand that could have hinted at this, but that was the scene where I was really like, all right, seriously. The two, the two scientists that can't... The geologist and the biologist who can't find their way out of this cave... The map clearly visible on your wrist that can be used to get safely back to the ship instead of getting lost and trapped in the storm? Yeah. Yeah, don't bother using it. Don't bother using that. Everybody else made it back fine, but for some reason these two doofuses who choose to leave like way earlier than the people <laughs> to ostensibly go back to the ship... Um, get stranded there and then decide to make camp in the creepiest part of the structure and then just proceed to do idiotic things and get killed I mean I mean and, and I was really like I was waiting for it to be like there's gonna there's gonna be something like they're gonna get out of this somehow or they're gonna come to their senses and then die but basically the first way that you thought they would die actually happens <laughs> and it's like all right well yeah. That um, was uninventive. Yeah, and, breathable yeah. atmosphere? Sure, let's take off our helmets. Well, yeah. unknown gas might be unlikely. They still don't know what kind of pathogens could exist. Heck, people could die from allergies, allergies to harmless things. Mm-hmm. Peanuts and shellfish, anyone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this is, and, and even after they have this encounter with, with the alien creatures that they know are inside of these, these uh-huh. caverns, they still take off their helmets the second time that they go in. I mean, that, that alone was just like, all right. Really, yeah. Cosmetically advanced prequel, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of retconning, technology-wise. A lot of continuity nods. Mm-hmm. The, <coughs> I have to say, they got the the design of the architects or space jockeys or whatever you want to call them. It's great, fantastic, like just absolutely off the wall, cool. cool. Um, the fact that they use like musical notes to control the ship and parts of it, and and just the language and the you know all the elements of the design, mm-hmm. fantastic, just off the wall amazing. And then they're just used in really stupid ways. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I guess I'm, I'm getting more bitter the more I talk about this. Clearly, you, apparently you're not you're not unlike um, Tycho, who in yeah. a blog post recently says, yeah. "The more I think about it, the more I hate Prometheus." <laughs> And so maybe, like, right after the film where he was like, this is horrible, I hadn't thought about it that much. And, and then I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, it is, yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Not a good film. Okay. Well, so, and then The Sunset Limited, you know, the more I think about it, the 
it's the less that I like it. I didn't like it when I was watching it. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've I've not grown to love it anymore. Well, the past hour. But. If anything, it reminded me. There are certainly times when I've had the thoughts of both of the characters. Definitely, you know, I, I've mm-hmm. I, I think everyone in their life at some point has contemplated suicide. Like that's just universal. Um, some people more than others, and that's the ones that contemplate it a lot are the ones we call depressed and we try to help them whenever. Mm-hmm. But and, and they're certainly worth thinking about, but everyone has something that gets them out of it. Except, I guess, for the people who do go through with it. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they're the minority. Yeah, I'm not, whatever. Like, I'm not, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So if you're going to, and if you're going to have a film about suicide, make it a film about suicide. Mm-hmm. And I, I think one of the worst things about it is the fact that the guy succeeds, you know, which, you know, from a human perspective, if you're, if you're going to be secular humanist about it, is just horrible. It's like, no, that's not, no, that would not happen. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. You know, I don't, you don't know, want it to. I didn't, but, I didn't but you really didn't like any of the characters in the I, film. I there honestly, were two characters and I didn't like either of them. Yeah, because if, if an intellectual... And, and this is the thing, right? Like, about suicide, either a person is physically, physiologically broken mm-hmm. in, some, in some respect, if they're actually unconvincible. Mm-hmm. And if, they're, if they are convincible, which I believe most people are, it's a survival mechanism, right? Like, the, the, fact, the fact that we confront suicide and don't do it as a majority of the species means that there's something... It's something genetic or it's something psychological or something cultural that keeps us all in the game. Yeah. And, I mean, well, and there, there are people who are, you know, yeah, who, are, who do have something yeah. that is off that, that, you know, needs to be medicated perhaps right. or, and, or well, treated and, you know, as evolution, a medical condition. Evolution says, you know. fine, get rid of them. You know, we, don't, well, we need fewer <laughs> of them reproducing, right? That's, yeah, that's a little harsh. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go to that end. I'm You're gonna not going to be Darwinistic I'm going to say, yeah. let's help these people who are clearly in need of help. Yeah, and but or let's give it our best effort, and if it doesn't succeed, well, they weren't meant to survive anyway. It, you know, meant to, I guess, is, is strong, but whatever. It, you know, it, that's, it all comes out in the evolutionary wash. And this... Okay. What? <laughs> I'm just, just, that's, a, that's a very easy way to be very dismissive. Is it? Yes. Okay, what well, would be a harder way to be dismissive? <laughs> if you want to be dismissive, you know, go with the easy way. There's no reason to strain yourself. Yeah. But yeah. Also evolutionarily guided, I think. But whatever. I mean, it's... <laughs> and and I, I do. I want to I take that easy route and just be like, well, he's a, he's a poor intellectual. Let him die. Whatever. You know, he didn't... He, but it just the fact that... And I don't want to get invested in the character because I don't really, I don't think they're that worth getting invested in. Um, I wasn't invested. Yeah. And they are. They're very black and white. They're very, they're, they take one position. They're very mono, Positional. Yeah. Monopositional. We'll just go with that. So, all right. McCarthy. Is he still a good playwright? Is he a good I've, author? I don't know. I mean, I've never read his books. Why? I liked... No Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. a lot. The movie. The movie. Um, and apparently it cued very closely to the film, or to the book. To the book, all right. Um, it won, I've heard like, really good things about best adaptation or whatever, right? Won or best, best picture. Yeah, won best picture, but it also, I think, won yeah. for best adapted screenplay. Yeah, well, because it was also the best picture. Yeah. Which doesn't mean you automatically win for that, but, you know, mm-hmm. you should. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, all right. 
So whoever recommended that to us on Formspring. Yeah, I appreciate the recommendation. I'm Thanks. always looking for new things. <laughs> yeah. I just did not enjoy this film. Okay. I thought it was now uh, we know. less than awesome. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, take a look at the form squeeze. You got it. Uh, can you can. pull it up, Kevin? Thank you. Ta-da. I don't want the Android app. Cats or dogs? Oh, my cats. That is the correct answer. <laughs> There's a correct answer to that question? Apparently. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. Um, these are all questions we've had before. We don't have anything new. We don't have any new questions? We've got uh, emails about new questions. What? I The ones I see are, why the f*** should I study philosophy? Oh, right, that one. Okay. Exactly where can we be found on the moon? Can I visit? Yeah. Do you think there's any value in setting milestones in life to work up to and achieve? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, you know, the why, why, why the f***, and this is literally how it's spelled. Yeah, why? D-A-F-U-Q. Yeah. As one word. As yeah, one, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I can't look at it without like, scanning it and seeing Darfur. I, I would say if you're asking that question, you shouldn't. <laughs> I think that's, that's as good an answer as I can give yeah, to that. you probably shouldn't. Yeah. Because it's... I don't know. We're not exactly in the habit of telling people what they should or shouldn't do anyway, but... Oh, I, I would... I don't know. I, I I resent, and this again goes back to the disgust thing, I, I resent a little bit, a little bit the sort of self-righteousness <laughs> that comes from asking that question. Yeah, that's fair. Because if you really, if you really do think about it, you, I, I never, I don't know, I, I have tried to shy away from asking anyone why they study one thing or another. Okay. But, it, but getting into more of the, you know, what, what do you... You know what? What drives you in this? Like yeah. what? You know, tell me some interesting things from it. And then because everyone chooses it for for whatever reason, and knowing the reasons, or you mm-hmm. know, trying to find some sort of universal practicalism in studying one thing or another is, I I think an effort in futility, and and it it gets at a a level of criticism that you really don't want to dive into too much. You know, about, yeah. you know, why are you choosing this thing rather than another? Uh, this is one I want to go back to eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to look into it more, but I just, it's one from August 11th. Yeah. Of, I'm guessing last year. Or 25th of August 11th. I, I, would, I would hope so. Um, Once we have a time traveler in our whoa. bits. Yeah. Talk to us more, time traveler. What are your thoughts on the national project, which is to say the idea of national states? Is the oh, term outdated boy. and politically constituted control method, or remnant of the need for boundaries, or something completely different? Oh my God, that is. I mean, that feels like one. I'm just like, looking at the really old right questions, <laughs> like the ones we should have answered a long freaking time ago. Well, we sort of did talk about that one. Did we? I think that question was asked shortly after we did an episode on statism Maybe, of some kind, yeah. or, you know, collective. I don't know. Um, uh, I, for one. I see that, and it's a very, very complex issue for sure. So yeah. any answer I give I is going to be really it, oversimplified, so. and I think just the question also comes from an over, the oversimplified model of it. But states as a collection of power, I think, are starting to go away a little bit, and also become even stronger. They're they're becoming strong representations and. 
uh, I don't know, fronts, I guess, for for um, for where where people are supposed to think power is. And in some cases, it's true. I think in some parts of the world, to one extent or another, one type of power resides in the state itself. But the state is this weird amalgamation of bureaucracies and and power struggles in and of itself. And so, you know, to, and and you know, national identity is is a really strange thing, very very strange. You know, much much less concrete now, I think, as it as it was in the past, because. I think mainly because of the rise of corporations. You have, have mm-hmm. very strong collections of people and ideas under things other than states. You know, the, the comparison, right, of, of companies being higher than the GDP of some nations yeah. is really underscores it. Of like, all right, these are, these are economic, political, cultural entities mm-hmm. also very loosely tied together if you really get down to it. I mean, every company has its sort of some cultural um, commonalities, but even within it, there's a great degree of variation. Um, I've certainly learned that being within Apple, <laughs> yeah. that that you know, there's a perception from the outside of all of Apple is like X, or there there are these traits that describe everyone within the company or describe the company, right? Mm-hmm. But when you really get down to it, inside of any company, there are going to be far more variations and far more gray subtle differences between everything culturally you know, in terms of identity and there's just there's a lot I, going on yeah there's a lot going on and, and i and i i so I, I look at questions like this and i'm like well what are you really trying to get at mm-hmm. it's you're trying to understand the world and simplify it into a certain certain way and i, I certainly think the state model has been truer at other times and i don't think it's as true now as it used to be okay Cool. So that's a short answer. I mean, certainly we can spend a whole episode on so, yeah. developing I, again, those I know arguments, nothing, but nothing at all about it. So I have watch, no statements. Uh, to watch the corporation and, uh, and then come back. <laughs> sounds like homework. Ah, uh, well, you've you've seen the corporation though, right? No, I haven't. no, no. It's available for free, I believe. It no. used to be on Wouldn't Google be Video, but Google Video is going away. So. It's uh, it's no longer in existence, mm-hmm. which is sad because now I don't know where I'm going to watch um, the Star Wars Christmas special. Oh, is that only on Google Video? Not only, but yeah, there was one of the places. Um, I'm looking in the wrong place. If anyone's interested, I, I migrated the uh, the long version of my uh, BBC video game documentary speech thing that you probably never actually watched. I I remember you talking in a terrible accent. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Is yeah. That's what I remember. It was done a long time ago. It was a bit of an. No, it is, it is still on video.google.com. Um, oh, okay. Well, I mean. Google Video is still up for now. Yeah. So, uh, is, it, is it going away? Yeah. I've been mm-hmm. told repeatedly every time I go to YouTube, your videos on Google Video, migrate them to YouTube. Yeah. Google Video is mm-hmm. going away. Yeah, because they're, they're um, yeah, it's there if you want to watch the riff tracks for it. Ah. They, um, I, I only pull up the riff tracks page. Good God. Because they riffed it. It's considered by some to be their best. The Star Wars Christmas Yeah, special? speaking of August 16th, uh, yeah, I know. What about it? Manos the Hands of Fate Live. Oh, what? Rift Track Live? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm good. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> Tickets on sale already. Oh. Yeah. I don't I don't know that they'll sell out here, but... Probably not. Yeah. It'll probably be like the other live events we've 
Yeah. Anyways, we should probably wrap up the episode. Yeah, we're we're we kind of in post show territory now, but <laughs> um, yeah, Sunset Limited worth watching, I guess, if you feel like watching it, getting a little bit more context <laughs> for the episode. But after listening to this episode, if you listened all the way through, you probably don't need to watch it. Nah, you know, nah. don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, you can find us, of course, uh, ask us more questions on formspring.me slash philosophy. Follow both of us on Twitter uh, at Kevson, K-E-V-S-A-U-N-D and at S. Torrance, S-T-O-R-R-E-N-C-E. Uh, we'd love to hear your comments on this episode. Uh, check it out on Facebook or badphilosophy.com after it's posted and uh, let us know what you think. And we hope to see you next time on Bad Philosophy. Paris is a party girl You know you love to do Count up the diseases that she can give to you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Get a shot, y'all. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. We hope you don't kill yourself before the next episode. Yeah, read, read the, um, the paragraph starting with butt riff tracks. Just, you know, it's, it's not one that works. Oh, but um, riff tracks, you say. Riff orally, tracks it doesn't work. This is Star Wars Holiday Special. It's not commercially available. How am I supposed to watch this? Ow. What? Okay, alright. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Freddie was a farmer. Made his living off the land But now he counts a different way Since the combine caught his hand One, two, three, four, five, six, nine One, two, three, four, five, six, nine Oh, hey. mm. how, how does So it, are you How does it look? Yeah, not bad It's a little fuzzy Check the levels There's a lot of fuzzy things going but on But it hurts a burp, burp Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, bad philosophy. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Oh, you're going to talk while you, while you weren't talking? Oh, no, that's, that's weird. What? What? Yeah? What? What? Let's say things. Okay. One, two, six, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Ten little Mexicans in the back of Kevin's van. Kevin's going back again for the Mexicans' ten friends. Seven, eight, nine, and ten. Bad philosophy.com. Game